and it's Weekly Comics Monthly. Welcome back again. I am Zach. I'm Jim. Okay, hi again, guys. Sorry, it's been a bit of a break this time. Actually, I don't think it was as long as the last one, so we're at least we're <laughs> keeping it on a four weekly consistent basis this time. Yeah, sorry about that. We we say we're monthly, but sometimes uh, a like, week or two out's not so bad. And of course, we are Weekly Comics Monthly, the show that t- takes a look at two of the greatest. Serial anthologies on the planet, Weekly Shonen Jump, and 2080, um, and we review their contents for the month. This 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 episode we're going to be talking about uh, July 2016. Mm, summer, summer, summertime. Yeah, I know, but you wouldn't think it, being in England, it's um, kind of crap. Kind of crap, <laughs> it's getting just kind of hot and blah all summer here in the oh, northeast yeah. United States. It's just, I don't know, it's just... Kind of a weird summer, just kind of been there. It hasn't really been exciting at all. Nah, yeah. And the thing is with the UK is the weather is... Um, it, if you've ever watched Game of Thrones, you'll know that it's an accurate representation of the north and the south. Yeah. The south is boiling hot and the north is borderline winter all year Really? Round. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's... We've had a good couple of weeks, but it's it's not like... And you live somewhere right in the middle, right? You're like uh, north of London. No, no, I'm I'm pretty far up north in Manchester, oh, so okay. it's 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 just a little bit south from the Scottish border. So okay, so you're good. Yeah, it's 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 okay. A lot of fog. Uh, yeah, <laughs> there was, there was it, it can get kind of yeah, <laughs> very very misty and all stuff like that. But yeah, yeah, but it, no, our listeners don't tune in to listen to weather, but it's yeah, it's you know. Unpleasant. So what have you been doing during your unpleasant summer? Well, it's been unpleasant particularly because I've been ill a lot of this month. I'm sorry, listeners, if my throat's a bit raspy or if I sound a bit ill, a bit more ill than usual anyway. I've been um, suffering from just the flu. This led to a couple of complications. This is basically meant I've spent the last four weeks mostly in bed, watching films, catching up on that... um, list I mentioned a couple of months ago. Um, this has just mainly led to me watching a number of things. There was a period where I actually went outside with some friends. We went to an outside screening of Batman vs. Superman, Dawn of... Well, it's not justice, it's shite. <laughs> it's abysmal on every conceivable level. Yeah. You say you're not a fan of Zack Snyder. Oh no, I despise the man. Oh, no, yeah, and I can definitely see yeah, why. Yeah, I mean, I, I can tolerate his Watchmen, but everything else has just not been good. Well, I think Watchmen was perhaps the one comic that fits his style. Um, kind of, you know, that kind of um, nihilism and dark humour. Yeah. Um, but you can't really make an optimistic Superman movie with that kind of mindset. No. No, you cannot. And no, it, it's just it's just kind of all kinds of not very good. Um I don't think I've been in a film where so many people have walked out um, in a long time. Really? It was like, oh yeah, it was almost full when it started, and it was probably less than a half, probably a, a, a third by the time it was finished. People would just was it was <laughs> it a free it. show? Oh, it was a free showing as well, which just makes it all the more ridiculous. So I can understand people sticking around if they paid, but yeah, you know, it was just awful. Another screening I managed to get myself around to is actually a screening at the Corner House in Manchester, one of my favourite cinemas. And I took a couple of friends to see it. It's a screening of an Italian horror movie called Deep Red. 
And what was really great about this one was I've seen this movie a couple of times now, and it's each time I see it, it's increasingly one of my favourites. It's kind of like a who done it murder mystery, um, but in a t- typical Italian style, it's very bright colours, kind of hyper violent, um, a lot of fun. But um, I was there and I realised that there were some people in the room who I didn't recognise. Um, talked to a couple of friends who were with them. And they, they were Italian people who'd obviously come to visit for a while. And they'd just taken them to see the nearest Italian movie that was on. <laughs> and it turns out they're not fans of horror. But they'd taken them to see this incredibly violent movie just because it had the same language as them. Ah. Which was kind of unfortunate because I, every time I sat there thinking, oh, they don't like horror, every time I got to a bit that was particularly unpleasant, I thought, this isn't a good bit. And just from the back of the cinema, I could hear this very, very continental accent screaming, Jesus Christ. <laughs> it was the, it was actually kind of hilarious and also like, oh, I'm so sorry, dude. Uh, it's just, just like a bit where the, the, um, the would-be... Um, murderer um gets decapitated and it's like it's not convincing because it's clearly like a dummy but there's just this kind of ketchup red that comes out oh and you just hear this person at the back going i want to go home <laughs> it's kind of like oh you poor you poor thing this is one of the more like tame ones out of the genre but um and that led me to like go home and kind of just binge on stuff because I, I started to get a bit of a tooth infection as a complication of uh, the flu. And so just as I'd recovered from it, I sat down and watched a bunch of anime films and also live action films that I've been meaning to get around to. Like I'm um, uh, in the UK manga uh, enterprise has re-released Akira recently. Oh, cool. Okay. So... For the first time in like ten years, I rewatched Akira. Can you figure out what's going on this time? No. No. And and I and I finally realised why this time. Uh, it is it is impossible to condense a story the size of Akira into one ninety-minute movie. Yeah. Apparently, you just can't do it. I don't think it's ninety minutes. I think it's more like two and a half hours. Actually, yeah. that's still impossible. No, I don't think I don't like, think it's that long because it, I don't think it broke any. I mean, like the longest animated movie is only like two hours long. Like, oh yeah, okay. I'm pretty sure it's like only like an hour, uh, maybe like an hour and forty five minutes. I mean, okay, so yeah, around about the nine minute mark. But it's um, what was I gonna say? Um, yeah, it 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 cuts out like fifty percent of the manga, which is oh, ridiculous amount yeah. for a lot of reasons. Hmm. Well, it's, you notice it because there are whole plot threads that just get dropped. Yeah. And there are some characters, like they'll have, um, uh, spoilers, um, a dramatic de- death um, that is, you know, taken from the manga, but um, they've not had the kind of build-up right. to, to justify yeah. it. Um, it's like there's that one chick, what's her name? That um, The girlfriend? Yeah, the girlfriend that Kenny um, kind of crushes to death by accident. Right. And it's just kind of like, why is she important? And so bear in mind, I've only read half of the manga. So I, I'll probably find out when I finally catch up on it. <clears throat> I said five years ago. Um, it, 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 it feels almost kind of like a hodgepodge. Like, apparently it had a really long production history. And that's why so much has been, you know, cut out. Right. 
It could. I'd, I'd really like to see it get like the the Evangelion treatment, and it gets like a three or four movie series to adapt everything. I'm actually surprised it has never gotten something like that. It doesn't seem like uh, Japan c- cares that much about it, mm. or maybe just, it's, or maybe maybe the creator just doesn't want to. Could be. Could be. I, I mean, I know um, to to casual like cinema goers, to casual anime viewers. Just the cinema buffs, the movie is like it's revered, really highly revered. And then amongst um, the manga readers and the more kind of hardcore anime viewership, it, it's kind of reviewed as you know flawed. lacking. Yeah. yeah, flawed. That's fair I mean, enough. I, it's I, important because if I remember correctly, it was one of the first anime to make theatrical release in the <laughs> United States, which is why it has such a like a following. As it is, yeah. uh, cult following here because it, it, in a ways, it was like an ambassador for what anime can be. Mm. After the you know the, the air the the age of Voltron and uh, other yes. edited down stuff, Robotech that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, of course. And it's it it is kind of perhaps harsh to view it from a modern point of view where we've now got an oversaturated market. Well, that said, it's still one of the most gorgeously animated things ever. Oh, yeah, definitely. It is is still in my top five of anime films. Even with all its, you know, its adaption flaws, it's quality-wise, it's it's one of the best. Absolutely. It's... I'd recommend it highly to, to 2000 AD viewers in particular. Oh, very much. So. I mean, I, I mean, I talk to 2000 AD readers at like conventions, and it will eventually strain to other sci-fi comics, and I'll always bring up Akira, and they will just kind of like, mm, I was never really interested in that. You need to watch Akira. Mm. It, it's definitely the kind of thing that um, that kind of steam, not steampunk, cyberpunk, cyberpunk future um, background yeah. would be into telepaths and genetic modification and hallucination, you know, all that stuff. Borderline apocalyptic Borderline worlds. apocalyptic, it's yep. Yep, it's absolutely completely like that. Was Tokyo um, twice. Yeah. <laughs> In one movie. Um, then I went on to watch some Satoshi Kon, um, Paprika, which is... Not sure if I like it. What, is, what, what was it? What did you say? Paprika. Oh, Paprika. Yeah, yeah. okay, that's a movie. It's... I want to say it's um, a more kind of fluid and dreamlike version of The Matrix. Yes. But at the same time, it's completely different from The Matrix. Have you watched any of his other movies? Like, Perfect. Yeah, I was going to bring up Perfect Blue in a little bit because I think that's a good um, perspective point. Um, Perfect Blue is a movie that's almost dreamlike. Like, it never breaks that kind of... Um, train of reality it's it's all very much from the perspective of someone who's you know sane and conscious whereas paprika is the complete opposite of it you're never certain what's real and you know it, it's all very lucid and yeah. dreamlike did you ever, it's, it's a very bizarre did you ever film. watch his paranoia agent tv series uh bits and bits here and there when it was um street um showing on like adult swim and stuff like that yeah I've never seen. I've never sat down and watched the whole thing. Yeah, I haven't seen the whole thing either. Um, honestly, Paprika is probably the only one of his movies I've actually seen entirely. Uh, hmm. Honestly, because it's the only one on Blu-ray. 
I think you might, you guys might have Paprika now. Uh, I mean, Perfect Blue. I don't think Perfect. Because... I don't think so. I don't think Perfect Blue has gotten a, a a a. I mean, it got released on DVD ages ago, but I think it's out oh, of yeah. print. No, we got a Blu-ray a couple of years ago here in the UK, and that's what I have. So, I don't know. You guys might have it. I think it might actually be Region Zero. Just let me have a look. Maybe. Um, Here on the shelf. Oh, no, it's Region Two, I'm afraid. Damn. I was going to say, I could could have sent a copy over for you, but it's, you know, if it's Region Two. I don't know if you have a Region Three player. Uh, No, I don't, unfortunately. Yeah, we have not gotten it released in North America, and I think it's because, you want to know what it is? I think it's because Sony has the distribution rights, and Sony doesn't give a shit about their anime catalog. <laughs> no, they they've don't. got They've got fucking Steam Boy, Perfect Blue, they got uh, Metropolis, that, 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 um, based on, um... Yeah, based on the Fritz Lang movie. Well, it is based loosely on that, but it's actually based more on, uh, guy who made Astro Boy, I'm blanking out. Oh, Tezuka. Tezuka. See, the funny story about that is Tezuka was commissioned to make a Metropolis anime, uh, manga back in the day, but he that would have been awesome. never saw the movie, so he basically just made stuff up. And so this movie they made was like a combination of the movie, the Fritz Lang movie, and his non-related Metropolis manga. It's kind of it's a very strange movie, but it's also actually pretty good. But it's also owned by Sony, and so it won't get an HD release like anytime soon. Yeah, we don't. I don't think we have that over here at yeah. all. Yeah, the, the, the shame is with that is I've, I've I've not long since finished reading Pluto. Oh yeah, which is of course Naoki Urasawa's oh, um, I, remake I, of Astro Boy. I love Pluto. It's probably one of my favorite mangas ever. Yeah, I I, I wouldn't rate it quite as high as his Monster or Master Keaton, but it's definitely you know. It's quality. It's like this perfect combination of Tezuka's robots and Asimov robots. It's Mm. very Asimov and with a twist of, and with just a perfect, like, touch of Watchmen. Mm. And there's even a bit of Go Nagai in there, I think, with uh, the the whole kind of Mazinga look to some of the robots. It's, it's, It's definitely a love letter to the genre. Definitely. Which is, it's, Cracking stuff. I absolutely, I, I did, I really digged it. Um, I'd really like to see um, Urasawa take it, um, have a take on Metropolis because that's one of those movies I don't think gets enough kind of credit because it's it. Everything about Metropolis has influenced um, sci-fi movies ever since. Yes. Um, the whole kind of futuristic cityscape was not entirely original to Metropolis, but it was definitely one of, if not the first movie to have the budget to get it right. Yeah. And I, 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 I saw it for the first time last year, and it, it definitely is a, it's an event to watch. Mm. Oh, yeah. Fritz Lang is a, a, a fantastic director. I'm a big fan of his um, Dr. Um, not Dr. Moreau. M and oh, well, M was a brilliant murder mystery movie in its own right. I absolutely dig that. Then he had a big fan kind of like medieval um, epic, which is like ten hours long, called Die Nibelunge. Um That's a fantastic film in its own right. If you've got ten hours to kill, ah. um, and, and then he had a, a, a series of other movies that transcended from the silence era to the black and white. Uh, audio era. He's a fantastic director, but I think Metropolis is definitely like one of those movies that every fan of sci-fi should watch. Definitely, there's just, I mean, you, you could trace like stuff like Judge Dredd back to it. Oh, Visions of yeah. Mega City One is definitely even even in even if it's like 
by like uh, second or third generation inspired. It still has its roots back in those sorts of cityscape visages. Yeah, and it's just even like um, movies like Soylent Green and um, oh heck, what was the other one? Soylent Green. Yeah, Soylent Green. Um, Soylent Green is kind of set in like a. Wait, wait, a, Fritz Lang directed Soylent Green. No, no, no. It's what I'm saying is Metropolis was very much an influence oh, for Soylent okay. Green. Well, in regards to like the overpopulated kind of future cities and. Well, obviously, yeah, it's yeah, it's bizarre, especially considering I think in Metropolis they say like the population of of the world is like four billion. Do they? I might have missed that part. Like I said, it's a long movie, and I only watched it once a year ago. Yeah, I, I definitely seem to remember like laughing when I watched it because there was some statement saying like, "Oh, the world is suffering from overpopulation." I think it was four or five billion, something like that. And now the real world population is approaching eight billion. Yeah. Mm. These guys predicted something bad. And yeah. Yeah. So I've just basically been spending the last month cooped up in bed watching all this stuff because I've been in a lot of pain. Yeah. So what have you been up to? Me? I've been uh, learning the joys and pain of assembling model uh, Gundam model kits. Uh, yeah, I've been colloquially there. known as Gunpla. Um, for whatever reason, I decided to rent after I was watching Gundam last month. I decided to uh, just randomly pick up a kit because I'd never put one assembled one together before. I wound up picking <laughs> up a kit for the main the main uh, unit from the uh, Iron Blooded Orphans series, the most uh, one of the most recent Gundam series. And I had a pretty good experience putting it together. Uh, I got one of the, um, I guess what they're, they're called, high-quality models. It's uh, one of the, uh, they're not the biggest, but they're, they're, they're very, they're on model. They're very good quality. Like a hyper-detailed cast. Yeah, they're not hyper-detailed. They actually, um, I mean, they look, they look pretty much like the, the, the figures on the, on, on the show, so... But I put that together, and I had such a good time doing it, I immediately went out and bought another one, which actually is from Gundam Thunderbolt, which I guess is that, uh, I guess you'd call it an online original animation. Yeah, something yeah. Like, it's still OVA. And that, ha- that has models from the um, the, the um, Universal Century timeline, because it's it's set in the same universe as the original Gundam. So the figure I put together is very, very similar, related to the original Gundam series is, and I really like that figure. I think it, that one was probably the better of the two that I put together. Um, and it was a, it was a, what is it? It's a GM. It's a, um, it's a general model, uh, uh, mobile suit. And it just, Oh yes. Yeah. yeah. It, it's not like the hero unit. It's the, uh, it's the, it's the, uh, the, 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 yeah, the drone type. Yeah. The, yeah. um, yeah, the, uh, general the mass, mass produced. Thank you. That's the word I was looking for. Um, I actually really like how it came out. It looks really good. I hope to get more of those Thunderbolt figures because I think they all look really good. Um, but putting them together made me want to go out and buy more, of course. And you run into a problem with availability. Uh, these two figures I happened to find at a local hobby shop, and that was pretty much all the ones they had. And you can order them online, no problem. Uh, um, hobby Link uh, Japan is a really good place to order them from. Uh, they'll ship them straight from Japan to you. You get really good prices from them. Uh, but I've yet to actually order any because shipping costs are a little expensive. And 
other things like that. It's just it, 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 it is becoming obvious that this is going to be a slightly pricey hobby, so I've got to pace myself some. Yeah. Are these, like, all pre-painted? Yes, or they're, let's, let's well, they're not pre-painted. They are injection-molded, and ah. pieces are different colors. They're actually, they're actually really good at, at having the different color separations stack on top of each other to create the, 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 the colors that you see in the shows. Hmm. Um, that said, they are all set for custom painting. Uh, you just If you know how to do that, they are, you 100% can paint them yourself. That's cool. Because I've always wanted like um, a gunpla or something like that. Just just one for my hobby space because I've been a kind of into that genre. I've always wanted to have something like that in the hobby space, yeah. but I I do not have the temperament to paint a three D model. Well, the good news is you don't you don't have to paint these. They they like I said they come with uh, colored sections and they come with stickers for the parts that aren't colored properly. So oh yeah, decals. So you can okay. use the decals and the stickers to uh, to to get pretty close to what they're supposed to look like. Uh, painting and glue are not required. The, the fact that glue is not required is really awesome. That's the same. That's, that's yeah. it's actually insane because of how how many like small components that are part of these things. They they they've got putting they've got putting these things together down to a science. Uh, I don't know what they were like years ago, but these things must be planned out so far in advance. I I honestly wonder if the designs in the show aren't made to make sure that they work as a Gunpla model. Uh, Gunpla are such a huge, you know, market in Japan uh, as part of the whole Gundam franchise that I wanted being such a big leg to that, you know, franchise. You, you've, if you can't have a figure on the show that you cannot replicate as a, a as a, as a Gundam model. I can believe that. But, but there was the whole, um, Gundam series, kind of like a spin-off of the Gundam verse, which wasn't it like um, almost kind of like a Beyblades thing where they had like the toys. Oh, oh, oh yeah, um, um, uh, Gundam Builders. Yes, they, that was that was obviously kind of like going down the Pokemon route of like yeah. they're making the show to sell toys, but Gundam's obviously been a thing long before that kind of commercial um, um, selling yep. through cartoons has been around. Build Fighters is definitely yeah. heavily, the show itself is built around the whole Gunpla scene because the whole oh, yeah. idea is it's set in a future where you can actually make your Gunpla fight each other. So you customize hmm. your Gunpla and then they battle each other in a Pokemon type setting. Yeah. Uh, and actually I was going through, when I was going through all the catalogs of all the Gunpla that are available, uh, uh, Build Fighters has an entire line of stuff, and what they are is, for the most part, is that they are repaints of previous units with various modifications to make them like the show version. Because, of... and then, and then slap another thirty dollars on yeah. for the. To be uh... fair, they're not that expensive. The ones I bought only cost twenty, fifteen, or twenty dollars each. Uh, that's like that's like um, ten quid. Okay. That's well, it good. currently is ten quid uh, with your. Economy spiraling out of control. It could be thirty or forty quid in the future. Yes, please don't remind me. But yes, um, they're actually the reason I bought these particular figures in particular is that I picked picked up the box at the hobby store and said twenty bucks. What? Pretty good. Yeah, that's pretty good price. Now, to be fair, these are the smaller models. You can definitely buy larger models with more detail. Yeah, they cost like thirty to fifty dollars. Yeah, uh, but you that, get you get really good detail in those ones. That's just absolutely amazing to me because growing up as a kid, I went through like well, like about twelve, 
went through the phase of obviously making Spitfires and what have you yeah. in the yeah, Airfix models. Um, those weren't like clipped ons, they were um, yeah, they glue them all together, yeah. And that's what killed it for me because I always ruined it with the glue. I always put too much on, and the the the, the plastic glue melted it. And yeah, that's what killed my investment in that kind yeah. of thing, really. And for a little bit, I was in the clutches of Games Workshop. Oh yes, that's that's. Now you just mentioned that, like fifteen dollars, ten quid for a decent sized model. That's cool. They would charge you through the nose for even the most bare-bones thing, and I'm actually fairly ashamed the all these years later that I gave such a hack company all that money. Yeah. And they're just kind of in my attic now, or, you know, wherever they are. I can't remember where I put them, and they're rotting away. That's and, unfortunate. Oh. Uh, I always wanted to get in a game workshop, but the the, the cost of entry seemed way too high. It was ridiculous. There's also this kind of nasty, asinine kind of culture about the place that, that, that put me off it, yeah. so I... I wouldn't say, you know, investigate, but I would say, be careful. <laughs> yeah, know what you're getting into before you drop all that cash. Oh, yeah, definitely. the rule books and the figures, and the, and, and the, you, you can't play with unpainted figures, that's just... Oh, yeah. Amazingly, I've kept all my rule books, because there's some neat-ass drawings in there that I use for references, so... Some, some nice. of them by 2000 AD artists. Amazingly, yes. And there's actually short stories in there by Dan Abnutz before I even knew him for anything else. Huh. So, yeah. No, that, that sounds pretty neat. I, I really want to get around to getting one of those um, Gumplers just, you know, to, to decorate Yeah, i got to be honest. Putting my first one together was very painless. It took about two and a half hours, and it's just just don't drop, don't, don't drop the tiny pieces. That That's the most important rule. Adult Lego. Yeah, it, well, that's really what it all came down to is you got all these Lego pieces, just follow the directions in order, and your figure will be what it's supposed to be when you're done. Satisfy your nerdy OCD. Yes, I I could totally get into that. So, let's get into uh, what the show's actually about. Uh, Well, actually, first, let's talk about the news. uh, News! The the comics that we know and love. Um, You brought to my attention that you know the final chapter dates of the two Weekly Shonen Jump series that will be ending soon. Bleach will be ending on August 22nd. Uh, Which is a while off. Yeah, still the end of the month. And Noiskoy, uh, our favorite, our favorite rom-com, uh, yeah. ended this week. So that's gone. Yeah. And so fire the confetti guns. Yeah, it's all over. <laughs> At last, thank fuck. The only thing I'm worried about is we have another romantic comedy coming our way. So we're not completely clear of the shite yet. Uh, that I was Love Rush, right? That because before. Oh god! Yeah, they announced uh, three new series uh, for Jumpstart over the next uh, couple, over the next month. Uh, the one of them called the Promised Neverland, which started last week, which we'll be talking about in depth soon. Uh, which yeah. is, I'm really hard to pin down a genre right now, but I'll, we'll talk more about that later. Then there's Love mm-hmm. Rush, which you told me was made by the same guy who made E Robot, so we know what that's going to be like. Fucking abominable. Uh, yeah, I, I don't have. I, well, my hopes are zero for that one. I don't know about you. Yeah. So. I don't know. We'll take that one. We'll we'll. Sp- I I I don't want people to think I'm shitting on um like romantic comedies here. I'm really not. I want to like one, but so far in out of like all the shonen lineups for romantic comedies, the only one I have ever liked is My Love Story. Right, and that's because it subverts all the 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 tropes. Yes. 
Absolutely. Um, see, yeah, I don't have any hopes for Love Rush. Then there's another one called Red Sprites by Tomohiro Yaga. Which we don't really have any information on, but, but no. the key image is some kid in like a military uniform and a sword. So, so yeah. It, it could be generic, but it could also be quite good. I did read the um, uh, the one shot like um, a good year ago, um, and it was decent from what I remember. What, Red Sprite? Uh, yeah, the, it, both Love Rush and Red Sprite had a one shot. The Promised Neverland is a series that's you know picked up of its own accord. Um, I didn't read the Love Rush one shot because I don't give a shit. Um, the Red Sprite one, I kind of flicked through at the same time the um, Kagami Gami one shot came out. Um, what was that called? Shigami uh, Twilight Days. Those kind of came out at the same time. And I do remember liking Red Sprite, but I, I think it might have been slightly generic because I don't remember anything about it. So it, it, it so, didn't run and jump. It was, well, it was just some... Yeah, I, I think it's one of those things that gets like published online and we never see it. Viz Media do seem to have this thing now where you can read through their web browser uh, new chapters of series that aren't in the weekly show and jump. Like you can read, they, you can read their volleyball series, HQ. Hey um, they're releasing a, a new space um, opera series called Asta the Lost, um, Lost in Space. That looks kind of interesting, but the problem is, is those are web browser locked. So you're basically doing what you would do on a scanlation site, but you're supporting an official um, yeah. source. Which well, just kind of makes me wonder why they wouldn't put them in the, the weekly show and jump anyway. Who knows? Um, this key image I'm looking at makes it look like it might be a mecha series of some kind. Oh, what, Red, Red Sprite? Yeah. Def- definitely mm. Kids at War. Yeah. No, it's, yeah. You Well, you were talking about Iron-Blooded Orphans, and it's it's um, covering similar bases there. I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll see when it comes to it. That's another two, three, week, three weeks off yet, actually, I think. Yeah. Um, but no. Over on the 2008 side of things, we've got, um, well, not two new series. We've got uh, a new series called Hope by Guy Adams and Jimmy Broxton. With, with a, pe- with a uh, pentagram we- in the O. Yeah. This is looking kind of interesting, actually. I, su- I suspect this is going to be in the creator-owned segment of the magazine. Yes. Uh, I had not heard of anything other than this. Um, Guy Adams is a good writer, so I have hopes that it's going to be good. Uh, it's got kind of a um, city-on-fire look to it. Kind of a... Um, I thought it looked kind of like Realm of the Damned, honestly. Look kind of like mm, a like baby. Be. I don't know. We'll We'll see. The other series is The Return of Kingdom in As It Is in Heaven by Dan Abnett and Elson. Uh, we talked about Kingdom last year when the last run was on, so I suspect this will be possibly sometime after Prog 2000. Yes. Probably before the end of the year. Right. Um, the last run on Kingdom was the one that really sold me on the series, and this one is going to be in space. <laughs> it's going to be Jason X with Orgs, and it's going to be awesome. So... We'll see where that goes. Um, really looking forward to start. Strangely, for a series that's set in space, the preview looks like it's flashing back to the first book. Could do. Maybe this one's going to be the last one then. Who knows? Um, it, it would definitely be enough to round out a third trade paperback. Yeah. So we'll see where that goes. And that basically wraps up the news in swift fashion. Not, not a heck of a lot of new stuff other than those runs in uh, those new strips in the jump. 
and obviously hope. But um, it's nice to finally have some dates for when Bleach is ending because it, it it seems to be going for months. Like, oh, Bleach is ending, Bleach is ending, Bleach is ending, and it's it's going to be in three weeks. It's going to be in ten weeks. It's like we never had an official date, but now we finally know August the twenty second is the final chapter. So that's good to finally say that's you know when we can bury the poor bloated corpse. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's been weird, and we'll, we'll get to Bleach in yeah, the quick yeah, fire we'll, round. Yeah, we'll talk about the latest events in Bleach in the, in the quick fire round. That um, brings us on to Weekly Shonen Jump. As most people will know, we alternate from 2080 to Weekly Shonen Jump, depending on which we'll go first this week, oh, so this month even. We're going to kick off with the jump. I wanted to talk about, as we said earlier, uh, the Promised Neverland by Kei Shira and Posuka Demizu, which is a new series. Um, we've only got the first chapter, but well, the second chapter came out today. Um, but I have not had a chance to read it yet. So we only have the first one to go off. Um, other than that, what do you think of it so far, Jim? I think this might be a breakout hit. <laughs> yeah, I was really surprised with that. Um, Watch it be cancelled in 16 I, weeks. Oh, fuck. I really hope not. Um, because I have not seen a series with this like um, widespread uh, positive response. It's like this has achieved critical acclaim on the internet community. Well, that's um, here because I know uh, some of the people on um, on a anime news network forum were looking at the preview image and saying, "Wow, that looks like garbage." Well, I honestly had that as well. I was looking at some of the kids and thinking the faces look a little weird. They've got that kind of Jose Ortiz baby head look to them where everything's kind of, you know, they look like kids, to be fair. I know I'm criticizing it for looking weird, but kids look weird, so it fits. And the artist is pretty freaking phenomenal from what I saw on his Twitter feed, so that got me excited. He could do creepy shit, and that got fulfilled in the first chapter. Um, basically, the general story of the Promised Neverland is it's it's set in a um, orphanage. Yep. We've got our little redhead main character, Pippi Longstockings wannabe, and a couple of her friends. And basically, what it appears to be is they take these daily tests, which is like grammar and stuff like that. It's 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 algebra. It's all that stuff I hated in school. And then every now and again, one of them will leave. Um, this one time though, this girl leaves this younger girl and she leaves before everyone else. And the Pippi Longstockings girl realizes she's left um, her little toy bunny rabbit behind. So her and a friend go to go and return it to the girl, even though it means going through places within the compound that the matron says, no, you shouldn't go there. And we kind of find out why they're not allowed to go there because I was I didn't know what the reveal for this dark fantasy was going to be, this dark fairy tale was going to be. I knew it was going to involve children dying. I didn't realise we'd get to see it quite so graphically. That just reveal of the, the, the poor young girl stabbed through the heart is pretty grim. With a flower. For, for an all-ages comic. Yeah, um... Right off the bat, I, I can't really peg down what genre this is going for. Uh, definitely horror, of course, but um, like, what what is what is what is its main structure going to be going forward? Um, just these genius level kids on the run in this world full of monsters. Could be. No, I, I I describe it as a dark fairy tale. 
you know, almost kind of like a Brothers Grimm kind of thing. Yeah, I can see that too, yeah. It's um, it's definitely different. It, it, I, I mean, I saw it was going to be set in an orphanage, and I was kind of like, well, an orphanage is like second to high school, one of the most cliche settings for um, a Shonen series. We're talking about Black so Clover. I, 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 well, <laughs> that was my initial thought. Um, turns out it's absolutely nothing like Black Clover. It's a lot more original and a lot more dark. Well, I think um, I think what's interesting is none of the kids. There's no there, there's supernatural being, or maybe we don't know if they're supernatural or not. There's monsters, but the kids don't hmm. seem to have any powers of any sort. But what they do seem no. to have is they all seem to be of genius level intellect, or at least they are being tested at that level. Well, that's what they're being harvested for. Apparently, the more intelligent a child is, the more um, sweet, succulent children meet. Yes, the more edible it is, more palatable to um, whatever these things are. I've got a feeling that these things are like some kind of analogue for adulthood or strangers or whatever it is, but there's clearly this society of monsters that are harvesting. There's a bit of a Seraph of the End kind of thing going on here, where the children are harvested for food. Yeah, or at least... Where's the entire premise of um, The Promised Neverland, well, at least as far as we can tell... Um, was basically the first chapter of Seraph. Right. So, yeah, yeah. Um, at, at least in Seraph, the children got to stay alive, though, so long as they didn't try to escape. Right. They're kept... This kept, is a... Yeah. This is a... This does not beat it out of the bush. This this basically has told us from the get-go that if our heroes uh, make one wrong step, they're fucking dead. Uh, you, you may notice the hog farm imagery a few, more than once. Oh, yeah. I'm surprised I didn't pick up on that when it first came up. But then when it came up the second time after the reveal, I was like, oh. Yeah, there's almost something a bit Orwellian about the uh, the philosophy behind it. But it's it, it, it's really good. But I, I, I hesitate to say it's a fun read. The first chapter was definitely like, it was it was almost saccharine sweets throughout the first chapter. And I was yeah. like, something, bad, something bad's going to happen. Basically, when they were getting... When they were getting tested at such a high level, that's when I realized, oh, something, something sinister is going on here. Mm. But it, it was just how bad it was going to be. I couldn't predict, and I think it exceeded all my expectations. It, it, it's, it's pretty unpleasant, but it also it's strangely compelling. Definitely enjoyable, but for, for how long it can sustain that level of you know, entertainment before it descends into, you know, just plain nastiness. Although everyone, everyone you know, having their neck tattoos is, should have been a big indicator. Mm, yeah, it's, it's castle branding, basically. Yeah, and as I said, I just wonder how long it'll take before it, it descends to, like, Mark Miller level, you know, children are plot devices for me to murder kind of mindset. Yeah. I don't know. We'll, we'll see. We'll see if it turns out to be like Battle Royale where the cast just gets whittled down after, I, you know, I could, I, I could see it as like a Battle Royale situation. Or, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know where it's going to go. Honestly, it leaves itself so open-ended at the end of this first chapter. It's really hard to say what tone it's going to take, what it's, what it's actual, like, um, status quo is going to be. I get a feeling it's definitely going to be these kids on the run. Whether or not it's going to be the three main characters or the three main characters and the entire orphanage of kids on the run. And, I don't know. I mean, it could be like a drifting classroom sort of situation. Well, like the cast is continually changing. Right. 
Could be. Well, we'll see. The, 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 the world as presented so far definitely presents itself with almost like a Twilight Zone kind of ethos. You know, we can just change the cast as a, as a, as and when. I don't know. I, I do get the feeling that there is going to be a prison break sequence at some point involving the three main characters. Most definitely. So we'll, we'll see where that goes. As I said, I've, chapter two is out. I intend to read it probably tomorrow now. <laughs> but um, it's, it, it's, I'm definitely hyped for where this is going. It's, it's something very new and very refreshing. I, I dig it. Two thumbs up. You wanted to talk about Torica. Yeah, just real quick. I mean, things are really ramping up in Torico right now. Um, I gotta tell you, Neo seems kind of unstoppable. Yeah, he's 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 so broken he, at this he, point. He's killed half of the eight kings, no sh- including our ba- fan favorite Monkey King. No. And what's weirder is he seems to be like absorbing their characteristics as he goes. So not only is he killing the eight kings, he's like becoming an amalgam of all the eight kings. Oh, he, he, he ate the monkey king and then used the monkey king martial arts to basically blow the nightmare heracles to shit. He's punched moon whale so hard it's like eruptured, and he's killed the deer king. So <laughs> just, just what is going? <laughs> Nothing. Well, of course, it's going to fall down to Toriko's. Yeah. How, how is the Toriko's fork move going to stop him? Not a clue. But now Midora's back in the game after, like, apparently just dossing around because he was bored. <laughs> um, oh, God. who knows where it's going to go? It now seems to be whittled down to the like the core key players. Pretty much everyone of I mean, I mean, you know, dis- dispensable nature has been dispensed. I mean, with. even like uh, the three other guys, uh, Zebra and um, Coco, and yeah, Tony. they've all been taken out of the equation. They are all knocked out right now. Yeah, I kind of get the feeling that Shima Bakura was approached the same way Kubo was for Bleach. It's just kind of like, come on, wrap it up, wrap it up, wrap it up. But uh, Shima Bakura is doing it the right way. Yeah. <laughs> Or at least he's doing it as best he can under the circumstances. I guess I gotta wonder it's, when when this series is going to conclude. Now is it he's going to make it to four hundred, or it's got a little more in the tank than that? No, I think four hundred sounds like the roundabout number. Um, perhaps with some epilogue chapters afterwards. Um, but we'll, we'll see. We'll see where that goes. It's definitely not going to be as you know. Toriko doesn't appear was never as big in the West as Bleach or Naruto or One Piece was. Right. So I'm actually kind of surprised to see there's not been any press behind this apparent, you know, rush to conclude, um, especially in comparison to Nisekoi and Bleach, which were like almost daily in the news for like, oh, they're ending, they're ending, they're ending. It's kind of like who in the West gives a fuck about Nisekoi anymore? Oh well, <laughs> but no, I I dig in Toriko like. It had this pace. It really seems to be moving towards something. There was a period for like a month, well, perhaps more than a month, where there was just info dump after info dump after info dump. And now I get why he's done that. It's so he can have this period of just all out. complete carnage. Yeah. 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 Digging it. But it's, it's, it's manic as all shit. So it is becoming a little bit difficult to pinpoint. Just kind of like I don't, I still don't know what Starjin's up to. Well, he he's, he's just kind of he's there. fighting with the blue nitro, right? No, he's fighting with what's her name. Oh yeah, Joey. Yeah, they've uh, who we're getting, we're, she she appears to be Deus Ex Machina just for the sake of being Deus Ex Machina. Food luck is bullshit. 
it is bullshit. <laughs> it's like, how do you work? It's never... Well, it probably has been explained in amongst that wall of exposition. Yeah. But um, I'm not going to dig back until the series is finished to work out why Medora's back. He's going to kick the shit out of her, and that's that. Um, it, it's just, can the other four kings... Ma- Medora was uh, uh, the leader guy that um, Sarjun followed, right? Yeah, yeah, right. he was the leader of the Shikabaku, who were like the, the, the opposition to the Gourmet Corps, so yeah. Yeah, that, he, he um, kidnapped uh, Kamatsua and... Uh, that, a bunch of the other that, chefs. In my, yeah, yeah just, just let them go, like he did. It was That was a weird period, because that was like just before the time skip. Right. And then we didn't even know there was going to be a time skip. We, we it was like a new chapter came out, and it was like, what happened? Yeah, that was that weird one where we thought Medora and Toriko were going to have a fight, and it never happened. Right, Toriko was supposed to go like find, find the chefs and like rescue them, and nope, he just let them go. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we st- we're kind of seeing the repercussions of that now. Right. Because we've got all these chefs working on preparing gods. Yep. Who t- still this gigantic frog that's just sat there wondering what the fuck is going on? <laughs> oh, frog! God is the best character right now because he's got the same opinion as the rest of the readers. What the hell is going on? I lo- I, no, I, I'm kind of loving it. It's 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 still weird it's and still bizarre. Completely and mental. Yes, and so long as you you know just take it for um, what it is. I mean, um, do you know you know Chris Burnham, right? right? The the right the artist who worked on Nameless. Yes, he's a, a reader of the week of the the Viz Media Jump, and he said that he doesn't like Torico because it doesn't make any sense to mm-hmm. him. And I had a bit of a, a conversation with him at length about that. I was kind of like, I get where he's coming from. He was kind of like you. He jumped on. I- it all comes down to gourmet cells, and that's yeah. that's sort of what drives absolutely everything in this universe absolutely. is the gourmet cells. Mm. And that's even kind of yeah, Neo was on the verge of dying at one point in a recent chapter, but he was able to use it because he preserved like one cell, right? And then he reproduced constantly, and then ate the Deer King from the inside, which is kind of messed up when you think about it. Um, yeah, Neo is turning out to be like, like Uach level, like like cars, broken. cars level, cars level. <laughs> well, cars is a funny example because at least cars was dealt with in a way where it's like, you know, can't fault that he's perfect. <laughs> he got shot into space perfect. and froze yeah. to death. You can't fault that. Whereas Uach and I, I kind of have a feeling Neo are going to be dispatched in. Almost kind of like bullshit way. Yeah, like but, like like um, Toriko's two gourmet cell demons will consume Neo. Oh, because yeah, I've got a that feeling that's where it's going. Form. We'll see. They'll merge into one super gourmet demon. That sounds more likely. And and that will be the thing that was predicted that will consume the whole universe like two hundred chapters ago. Who knows? It, it it could go any direction at this point because it is just a shitstorm of things happening. <laughs> it, it's funny how I can still dig it despite all yeah. that. But, I, I think know. it helps because it looks good and the action is oh, yeah. fairly good and its core in its fight choreography is easy to follow. Absolutely. Oh, it's, it's, it's like even the small fights that are going on. Like we've got this blue nitro facing off against the um, the, the, the great wolves. 
that's just a small fight that's going on in the background, uh, and yet it's you know still more entertaining than any fight that happened in the last season of Naruto. So, yeah, telling. But yeah, but we'll see where Toriko goes in the upcoming months. I do suspect it'll wrap up by the end of the year. To be fair, yeah. Still got six months to be proven wrong now, so we'll see where that goes. So, uh, let's talk a bit about 2018. Now, you wanted to talk about a particular returning... Uh, well, it's hard to describe as returning, since it was never in 2018 to begin with. It was in the magazine, though. Uh, right, right. Well, but so, I guess it kind of counts. Was just the original Scarlet Traces, or did Great Game get printed in there, too? I think... I've, I never read, I've never read any of them. I'm just going off word of Yeah, mouth. I haven't read any of them, either. I'm actually kind of disappointed that I didn't get around to reading them before the new series started. Well, one of the recent progs did give us a nice little roundup. Um, basic, well, basically, all you need to know about the world of Scarlet Traces is War of the Worlds happened. happened, and then there were two sequels where humanity has started to adapt to using um, the the Martian technology. Yep. At some point in one of the sequels, um, the Martians invade Venus. The- Venus, and we get a situation not startlingly unlike what's going on with Syrian refugees right now. How how prophetic. How prophetic indeed. Um, Where a bunch of them are coming here and, you know, we've got this kind of race war going. I don't want to say the race war. It's it's racist, bald white men who have a problem with people (laughs) fleeing from war-torn countries, um, which is obviously uh, evoked in um, the the, the Venetian people, who, to be fair, our main character, who is a bit... Who's the main character in this one, would you say? Would you say it's the half-human Martian hybrid or it's the Venetian man? You know, I can't say yet. Could be either. either. Could be both. Could be. I really like, um, well, I, I kind of like the damn dare feel of this one. It's yeah. set in the 60s, so it's been quite a jump since the last storyline, right. which I presume was like 1920s or something like and that. And that fashion on the moon. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, it, it's damn dare, it's Space 1999, it's Blake 7, it's Doctor Who. I mean, even this um, Martian-human hybrid guy dresses like the Well, he with like the, the black coat and the frills and everything. Well, I, it's just like... I think he's supposed to be, um, um, oh, God damn it. Um, David Bowie. <laughs> Could be. Yeah, that's true. He, he's got black hair though. So that didn't twig with yeah. me. That's, that's a good observation. Bowie didn't die. He just went home. Yeah. That's, this is a really interesting one because, so far, all we had is set up. Um, in that, obviously, there's there's this culture war going on. We had a bit of a recap, which was really useful in that first part. Um, brought us up to speed with everything that had happened in the first rebook. Right. Um, makes me really want to pick up that omnibus when it comes out yeah. next year. Absolutely. Um, I mean, it's in Edgington and Disraeli, so I was going to read it anyway. Um, and it, 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 I just love the feel of the story. Um, it, it, it feels like this could have been published in early 2000 AD. Yeah. Almost. You know what I mean? There's, there's, there's the space sequences, which as I've mentioned down there, but that's what keeps hitting me every time we see these like these these augmented spitfires that can go into space. It's, it's 
it does feel like Dan Dare. Did you so, ever read Warren Ellis's um, Ministry of Space? I read the last couple of bits when it was in um, the magazine. Okay. Oh, no, no, Ministry of Space. No, no I'm not, sorry, I'm forgetting Ministry, the wrong... no. Uh, no, I'm getting the wrong series. No, I never read Ministry of Science. Sorry. Minist- yeah, Ministry of Space was a series that uh, Warren Ellis worked on back in the early 2000s, which was a what-if <laughs> scenario if Britain had won the space race. And it oh, cool. it was very like, very like this in terms of like technology and stuff. It was very Dan Dare influenced, I believe. Yeah, I have not read enough um, Warren Ellis, but it's, you know, that story you just described to me it evokes like the Black Arrow um, satellite rockets from... Um, like the, the the 1960s, it's it. I, I I dig this kind of retro 60s period. I think the 60s it, Britain is an interesting period to set. Um, yeah, a story because it was like a pivotal point in um, just, just in sci-fi really. Well, mainly just for Doctor Who, right? But there was obviously Quater Mass and everything like that. That that, that feels like a really interesting point. I mean, um, culturally as well, just to set stories like this. I think I, I was one of the weirdos who really liked uh, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen Century 1969. I, I need, I've not read any League of Extraordinary Gentlemen past book two, ooh, so okay. go ahead. No, go go ahead with the spoilers. No, no, not it's not the spoilers. spoilers. I'm just saying it got that swinging 60s vibe like down. I thought yes. visually, I thought that that particular that particular uh, issue was one of the better visually of that like that run yes absolutely because of the whole um the mod like um fashion and the bright colors you'd think we'd be due for a revival of that sort of fashion oh yeah definitely well it's happening because what we're seeing here is kind of a reverse of fashion in the real world (laughs) we're kind of now back to the 90s and the 80s almost it's I guess, yeah, I, guess I guess early '90s and its obsession with neon green probably was some of that. Yeah, coming back. Absolutely, but no, just backtracking to Scarlet Trace a little bit. Sorry about that. Um, it, I really just dig this story and I dig this universe. It makes me want to read more about Why it. Why do the cars have um, legs? Well, why not? I mean, I guess that's technology they stole from the Martians. But they have wheels. They have back wheels. It's, yeah, it's just bizarre. But it's it, it's not unwelcome, I don't think. It's definitely something I can invest in. I, I really like this um, in Prague 1991. There was this whole argument kind of like, oh, well, I was um, prejudiced against as a child, but I don't blame them. I blame you because you were the ones that made them hate anything that wasn't them. I just kind of think that's actually a really interesting commentary on, you know, Western, well, specifically English and American, if you don't mind me saying, hatred for Islam. Right. What with the whole um, Al Qaeda, ISIS, whichever one you want to discuss about, um, because these people don't represent true Islam. Right. But we've still got people like Nigel Farage and Donald Trump. And Tony Blair, who believe they do, right. which is you know sickening. Um, but this is a like a really good um, way of looking at it because it's not like looking at the reactionary 
image of the West and saying like, no, that's at fault. It's actually looking at the source and saying you're the ones that are, you know, causing all this. I feel like even though we haven't read these earlier, you know, parts of the series, I feel like jingoism is kind of like a, a main theme of this whole series, which could well which be. makes sense if being based on War of the Worlds as War of the Worlds was allegory for British uh, invasion of Africa. Uh, <clears> yeah, <throat> make, uh, colonization of Africa, that sort of thing. Yeah. So it makes sense that, yeah. this, that that expanding upon that would touch upon that sort of like mentality behavior. Did you ever read the um, War of the Worlds Extra Landings um, novel? No. This was a, like a bizarre kind of um, modern. I think it was Dan Cornwall. Um, could be wrong. Um, where it basically pitched the Martians during the event of the invasion against other well-known, like, fictional characters. Okay. So, I find it really interesting that you do bring up that valid point that War of the Worlds is an allegory for colonialization, specifically British colonialization. Yes. And then there's a writer out there who completely misses the point and pitches the Martians against Tarzan. Huh. Wow. That, that's a weird novel, well, but it's kind of... Stuck. If I remember correctly, the whole reason why the Martians get stopped by the common cold is because British colonization basically got halted by malaria. Yes. That, uh, that's how I've always kind of... Saw, well, I say that's how I've always read it. That's how I've read it since, you know, kind of got educated on the story behind War of the Worlds. Um, no, it's, it's, it's not invalid either. Ian Edgington's doing a, a great stuff with this, and it definitely makes you want to pick up the... the the re-release when it comes round. Yeah. I also just, yeah. It, it And Disraeli's always, you know, a visual feast. I was actually kind of surprised to find out recently there are some people in the community who dislike Disraeli's style. Oh, I wouldn't, I would not be surprised. He's got this, how do I explain it? Cartoony style. He's very much a cartoonist. Yeah, very much a cartoonist. Caricaturist. I, I mean, I could, I, I sort of understand, like, when he draws Judge Dredd, people will get turned off because of how much of a departure it is from, like, the classic, like, style of what Judge Dredd... Boland yeah, look, yeah. Boland is basically what people think when they think Judge Dredd a lot. Yeah. And and Day is really, as good as he is, is about as far away from that as possible. Yeah. Now, that's, yeah, that's, I get that's that said, they all love McCarthy, and he isn't that far off either. Yeah, I, I think kind of the thing is, is a lot of... Specifically with Dread, uh, an artist will fall into either the Boland camp or the McMahon camp. Right. Uh, the McMahon camp being obviously more experimental artists like uh, Esguira, McCarthy, and Boland basically being like... Um, oh. um, realism? Yeah, realism. Like, uh, oh, who, who, does, who, do, who does Savage? Um, oh, um, 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 thanks. No, I forgot. Oh, God. <laughs> You, you know who I'm talking about, though, Goddard. don't you? That kind of hyper-realist uh, style. Goddard. Or are you talking about... Uh, God, Patrick Goddard. Patrick Goddard yes. or um, Adlard. Adlard, of course. And um, uh, Tom Foster, who I believe did the most recent Sinister Dexter story. Yeah, um, yeah that, that kind of you know realism. Um, but people seem to always prefer the Bolland approach rather than the McMahon one. Except for when McMahon's doing it, but... You know, now I, I dig that, but I think anything Disraeli does, you know, that's his own creation. Yeah, you got to kind of take it as it is because you've not got any other kind of reference point. Um, 
But I, 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 I dig it. I love his style I do today. Too. I love whatever he's on. I mean, everything this, uh, uh, Helium. Stickleback. I, I, I was a hard sell on his when he took over Low Life because, again, that was coming off of freaking Henry Flint. That mm. was a very big stylistic change. But that, yes. now I kind of see it as his strip now. So give it enough time, anybody can, you know. Well, I think Disraeli's transfer in Low Life came at a good point because you'd had. Um, it switched over from Amy Nixon. Amy to Nixon to Dirty Frank. Frank. Right. So it works that way. So Frank is now kind of Disraeli's character. Whereas I know Simon Colby did quite a few Frank solo stories. So, you know, but it's still very much Disraeli's thing. Whereas everything that came before is kind of like a a testing ground almost. Um, But no, no, I I dig that. Um, I I completely dig him. Uh, Moving swiftly on, you wanted to do a roundup of Simon Carroll... Judge Dredd's Yeah, stuff. because it, we got we finally got the conclusion of this whole uh, um, uh, Brit Sit slash Texas City takeover of Mega City One story, and I just kind of wanted to, you know, do 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 like uh, just talk about what we thought about how it all wrapped up. I I, I wanted to just talk about how they struck a pretty good balance between the Prog and the Meg in terms of telling the story. Yes, where this all kind of started back with that uh, Michael Carroll. Uh, Judge Joyce returns to Britsit story uh, mm-hmm. earlier this year. I can't remember the name. Emerald Isle. Uh, yeah, the Emerald uh, Blood of Emeralds. Blood of Emeralds arc. Now that that led into the um, the, the repercussions in Lions Den. And, right. Yeah. In Lions Den, and then, the, but it all it kind of started. Wait, Lion, it started in Lions Den. Then it, then it's then that story switched over to being about Rico in the magazine. So we got that, and then switched back to um, Rico returning to Mega City One with um, the the prom. Right. Yeah. And then it, the whole thing concludes in a one-off in the magazine to kind of set the status quo of Mega City One now. And yeah, that's that's very much an epilogue definitely. story. That one. I wanted to say I really like that story because I'm a I'm a big Hershey fan and I love stories where Hershey is center stage and yes. seeing her drawn. By Esquaria, uh, Esquad, Super Squirrel, it's a squirrel. Yeah. Uh, by Carlos, uh, it yes. was excellent. Um, Indeed, I did find the, her conversation with the side judge, who is going to be somewhat important now, because she was seeming like kind of a random character to suddenly have a lot of like important things to do, because she's just some random side judge, as far as I can tell. Yeah. Well, that, this is kind of the unfortunate thing about a lot of um, side judges is so many have been introduced over the years. They all just kind of blur together. Yeah. Uh, if if you're not Anderson, Jan- Janice, know, you, Karen, Karen, Karen was Janice and Karen were the big ones because we don't know what the fuck happened to Janice, but Karen was you know Car- possessed. Karen got, Karen's a monster in Undercity now. Unless Dread blew her up, I can't recall how that ended. Maybe she's. She's going to run into the werewolf judge. She's still a, uh, now that I recall, she's still in a cell as a monster. Now, now oh, okay. I'm pretty sure that's how that ended. Is that she dread captured her and they try they were trying to fix her. So the last thing you saw of her was she was in a cell as the monster. Oh, okay. So anyway, okay. that's that's a dangling plot thread. <laughs> One of many. That seems to be the way of Judge Dredd. It's like if you can't kill a villain off, chuck him in a, an, an ISO cube. People forget about it in a couple of years. Uh, unless you're Mean Machine. 
But yeah, I really dug this whole Michael Carroll storyline. There were a few things that I felt were rushed and could perhaps have been dragged out a little longer. But um, yeah, like that, uh, that epilogue really helped in that regard. I kind of feel like just killing the chief judge of Texas City doesn't really solve the problem. No, because you know, you can't institute this PSI, this side judge Lewis. Uh, without expecting some kind of retaliation, I, f- I feel like there was like some missed thing where like Lewis is like a was supposed to be like a transfer from from Texas City because how do you install her as chief judge? Uh, I don't understand what the mechanism there is. I, I, I almost thought she was going to like send Rico back as chief. That yeah, that was it. <laughs> I suspected that as well because didn't Rico spend a couple of years like training? Yeah, as a, in as Texas? a cadet, he trained in in Texas City. He was one of the clone clone programs that got sent down there as like uh, to help bolster their ranks. Mm. And then eventually he returned to Mega City One for his hot dog run, I believe. Mm. And you know what the hilarious thing about Rico being a Texas judge what is? is? Being a clone of Dread, everybody will now know what Dread looks like <laughs> because they don't wear helmets in Texas. Oh, City. that's right. That is funny. But 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 that that this was Oswin's plan all along. <laughs> Incriminating pictures of <laughs> Rico. Yeah, it's who knows. It's it it does feel a bit kind of like. Why Lewis? I, I suspect her. She wanted to install her because it's like, oh well, we've we've got a side judge on the right. inside That's now. So she wants a side judge on the inside. But what what what? But what connection does Lewis have to Texas City to make her none? <laughs> She's a mega city side judge. I mean, Hershey said her records had been completely altered. Still, yeah. though, to be chief judge, you'd assume that people would know who you are. Yeah, you'd need to at least have been on the council first. Yeah. Assuming Texas City has a council of five, I think it probably does. yeah they got the, they got name dropped. They're ba- they they basically are told Hershey says that they are basically playing dumb on what happened to Oswin because mm. they don't want to shake up anything anymore. Yeah, that's yeah. I don't know. We'll we'll see where this goes. I'd like to be proven wrong and that she does have a back history. It just seems kind of a funny choice to me. Who knows? Well, there's also the fact that um, we've established so far that Texas City is um, very draconian against uh, mutants. Oh yes, see, they're southern. Don't, they're don't size count as, as mutants. Yes. Don't, don't they count? Yes. Yeah. And of course, it was the whole thing where it was like it was revealed that Fawn um, of the Grindstone Cowboys was being controlled by a mutate, a heavily mutated uh, Texas City side. Right. So it's kind of like, where is the line drawn? I mean, it's been shown even in the most recent, in this story, that it doesn't just stop at mutants. They hate black people I, because they try, they try to beat the yeah, shit out of giants. That was probably my least favorite part about this arc is that heavy-handed reference to police brutality. I mean, I get what he's going for, and it is a message that needs to get out there, but I felt that in this story it didn't really work as intended. I, I wasn't too fussed about it, but... Uh, I don't know. It's probably different to an American reader, where it's right on your doorstep. Yeah. Um, and I, yeah, I, I can dig. I can get where you're coming and, from. And I that. think it's, it's. I'm not going to say unfair to like show like Texas City judges as like representing like the worst of our like Southern heritage, uh, yes. because these problems happen all over the country here. 
Um, mm. It's not. It's not located. It's not just it's a not just a southern state. Thing. We got. I mean, Baltimore, which is right, you know, in the north, ha- is probably the biggest powder keg with this right now. So, oh yeah, and that would be covered by Mega City One in the Mega City future. Yeah, yeah it's it, it does. I mean, Oswin even says the South will rise again right. at some that, point. Yeah, so it's kind of like uh, uh, uh. spirit of Bob Booth. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wouldn't that have been a twist? Yeah, it was Bob the uh, whole time. That would explain her extreme size. But actually, no, Bob Booth is really short. So, yeah, who knows? It's um, it was Donald Trump all along. She takes her gloves off, and she's got she got ridiculously tiny hands. <laughs> that would do. That colored hair is just a wig. It's yeah. a rug. <laughs> You know how they always say Dread wears a boot size too small, Oswin wears a glove size too big. <laughs> Who knows? It, yeah, I, I really dug this series overall, but I do feel there's one or two things that mm, could have done with smoothing out. Is what it is now. I'd love to see Michael Carroll come back and do another stealth epic. Yeah. Uh, or, or just do like a, a major epic anyway. Usually whenever an epic is handled by someone other than Wagner, you know, like in one big go, it feels kind of wrong. I mean, I like bits of Judgment Day, but Ennis is nowhere near as good as Wagner when it comes to writing the Dread Epics. Right. Judgment Day was Necropolis light. So, you know, but I, I would like to see Carol do, you know, a bigger storyline again. Because there's going to be repercussions from this. I mean, in his own storylines, there are still unanswered plot threads. Like, there was that... There was that there was that cadet dread clone who was pregnant. Right. That, 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 That's that, not that, that doesn't up. seem like an epic like material though. That just seems like something that come, he comes back to once a year to push forward yeah. a bit. That was like three or four years ago though. So oh, I could have swore it was last year, but you might be. You're... Oh no, no, it was. I was still in high school when it happened. Oh, so it was a good three or four years ago, probably. Okay, yeah, that needs to come back now. Definitely. But um, but we we people kept predicting that this was going to lead to some kind of all-out war with like Britsit, and that seems to that the ending of this story has seemed to put a pin in that at least for now. Yeah, it it seems like Armitage has arrested all the the rogue elements. Good job, Armitage! You did it! Yay! <laughs> yeah, I guess this means now we've got like there's got to be a follow-up in um a, a Britsit story, kind of. Yeah. This kind of needs to be addressed now, just how corrupt the Britsit High Courts is. So if not in Armitage, it needs to be in Strange and Dark. or Storm um, Warning. Storm Warning, <laughs> which we all know is coming back, I think. Um, yeah, it, that needs to be addressed now. Texas City is kind of like, we'll come to that in a couple of years when Lewis has been chief judge for... A while now. Now Hershey does kind of tell us straight up that when she was when she graduated the academy, uh, there were eight hundred million citizens. Now there's like less than sixty or less than eighty. Yeah. So she's definitely aware that her city is in, is dying. So I kind of wonder where where things are going to go from here in terms of her, because hmm. Hershey's been kind. How do I explain this? I always liked Hershey as chief judge. I always thought she was my favorite as chief judge. When yes. she stepped down, when Seinfeld stole the election, <laughs> yeah. when she returned, I always thought that was weird. 
that she would just yeah. come back and come back into the role with like no like polit- like no repercussions. She doesn't even mention it here when she's reminiscing about her career. So it's <laughs> like the series is trying to, to forget that fact. It's almost like that whole period where, um, um, oh, Dan, what was his name? Oh, Dan Francisco? Dan Francisco. It almost seems like the Francisco era was, you know, kind of sweeps under the carpet. Even though he was directly responsible for Chaos Day, correct? Yeah, because he was a fucking idiot. Right, because Seinfeld's pulling Um, pulling all the... But even Seinfeld got callbacks. I mean, he was just in the, um, um... the Titan it's story like, and Enceladus was the team. Yeah. And he's now currently still the hostage, he's the hostage of, subject, uh, of the city. <laughs> Rob Williams needs to come back and answer that um, sometime soon, please. Because that's awesome. Anything to do with sub judges. It really seems now that what with Rob Williams doing the whole sub thing, um, also kind of a Clegg side story. Right. Um, and Michael Carroll now, obviously, with Texas City and Britsit and kind of the Emerald Isles. It seems like all the writers are stacking the world against Mega City One. Definitely. At this, at, at this point where um, they could do with it the least. <laughs> but yeah. I, I can't, even though another a, a war arc of some kind would be interesting. I can't see how it would like benefit Mega City One in any way in the in the in the in the end. Hmm. You know what, we're going to talk about Lawless in a little bit. I want to bring up a little plot thread. What happens to the SJS forces at the end of Insurrection? Well, that kind of, I don't know, that kind of comes up in the latest Lawless, doesn't it? Yeah, but I I don't remember what happened to them. Did they turn around and go home? They're they're still out there in their big ships. How long, because that would be a big bloody help, wouldn't you think? To have, oh, whatever, insurrection's its own thing. Um, I don't know. They, they, they've done stories where um, where uh, space judges come back, space oh, judges yeah. come back, and it doesn't usually end well because they're really poorly adapted to, like, civilian life. Oh, yeah, well, there was that Michael Carroll story from, like, literally post-Chaos yeah. Day but, where the, the, yeah. there was the independent um, city block and the... Uh, the um, the Space Corps turned up to do it, and they did fuck all. Yeah, Dolman was, like, at a loss at how bad these guys are yeah. dealing with people. I have to say, it was nice having Dolman back for this. I story. loved having Dolman around. He is the best. He needs to become mayor of Mega City 1 as soon as possible. Yeah. Yeah, I just want to see him team up with Joyce again, because they had some witty back and forth. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, digging it. Digging Judge Dredd overall right now. There has been another John Wagner and Esquire story started recently, but we'll cover that when it finishes, probably about the next episode. Yeah, that one is the one that just started. What, what is this one about? I just read it today. PJ Maybe. Oh, yes. The word PJ Maybe. It, it, we'll, we'll see where it goes. It's, it's, it's Esquire and Wagner, so it's going to be good. I read somewhere that this is going to be the last PJ Maybe story. I believe it. I think he's gotten about as much mileage out of him as he can. I just hope it ends in satisfaction. Hmm fashion yeah it, it does kind of make you wonder though because who's going to be left to be a major dread antagonist because it, it's always kind of been the trifecta of death death and his cronies mean machine right and um pj maybe so if pj maybe dies mean machine's currently kind of dead yeah i haven't read that story i'll get to it eventually 
he, it's implied he's dead, but, uh, but there's there's kind of like a zombie flesh eaters moment at the end uh-huh. where a claw comes out the ground. Well, I'm sorry to spoil that for you, but it's 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 revealed in like the first page. Um, and um, death is currently fuck knows where in space. Um, so 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 who's going to be the major like you know threat for Mega City One? You know, hiding somewhere in the shadows. It's like. Um, I just really hope Nero Narcos doesn't come back. Stan Lee. Oh, God. <laughs> Didn't he die in a spin I'm sure. Yeah, he probably I'm died, pretty sure he died, died in a Hondo City story. I, I'm i fairly certain he did. It's just those stories have never been reprinted, so I don't own them. Um, so, yeah, that's Dread. It's awesome. So now we're going to get into our lightning quickfire round, which is where we talk about everything that we didn't talk about in depth, uh, hopefully quickly, and not drawn out, <laughs> as we do. Yeah, tendency to waffle. So we'll kick that off with probably one of the most long-running series in Weekly Shonen Jump, One Piece. What have you made of the current storyline so far? Uh, pretty good in general. I think they're kind of running around in circles in the forest a little bit too long. But uh, mm. I think things are going to move forward again here pretty soon. Yeah, I hope so. We seem to have had um, uh, kind of a few plot threads going on at once. Um, but it's it, it, it's been interesting, definitely, this whole bit with Luffy, Nami, and co. stuck in the in the forest. It's all a bit, you know, um, Wizard of Oz. Yeah. Which kind of gets their deliberate feeling. Yep. And they brought, it, it, they've it, got a new Devil Fruit user with some interesting powers, so... Oh yeah, with yeah. We'll see where this goes. Um, I hope Carrot is a permanent crew member at the end of all this. She's so rad. Yes. Uh, Boruto. S- still, still Boruto. Trucking along, doing its thing. I'm kind of digging it so far. I mean, it's you know, um, it's inoffensive. It's entertaining. I mean, it's better than Naruto. Well, it's better than the last bit. Of yeah. Naruto. yeah. I guess what what I think. I think it's been successful in evoking early Naruto uh, in that um, his son has s- different problems. Yes. Um, He's cheating. He's a cheater. Yes, he is. <laughs> He's, I do kind of like how this artificial um, ninjutsu has now been created yeah. um, I, in the stopgap period. I do find it kind of interesting how they've been incorporating technology into oh. uh, the, the Naruto you, universe i guess it kind it yes. kind of comes across feeling like uh uh legend of korra in that respect yes and like uh, it's using like ninjutsu kind of like how the benders sort of built their own modern world on the back of that sort of thing yeah. it's like it's like scientifically applying a supernatural element that is a baseline to your world it's kind of interesting that way yes it is i look forward to seeing where it goes further and it's, it's, it's as you say, it's inoffensive. So it's it's definitely more entertaining than the the later chapters of Naruto. Black Clover. Um, still pretty awesome. Yeah. Uh, that that uh, Asta still knows how to end a fight. Well, yeah. Well, apparently. Without Yami getting involved, I kind of like this whole style they got setting up with the teleporter and. Uh, the wire witch lady. Yeah, they've got this kind of system going, but it it, it kind of felt like this, um, despair. Um, I had a midnight sun guy 
took too many hits to be taken down. It was almost too many, um, uh, oh, I'm down. No, I'm not, kind of moments. Yeah. It, it, it kind of went on a little long, um, uh, but it, it, it's, it's cool. The most recent chapter um, that was out today looks like it finally wraps up this kind of under I was slightly period. confused how Yami got out, but I guess the maybe implication is he could have gotten out at any time. Because he's a lazy bastard. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, who knows? We'll, we'll see. It, it, this guy is a little bit kind of, you know, Yami is I, implied he's OP. He is. He's a captain, yeah. so he would be. Um, but he just kind of turns up and he, despite the fact that um, Ida Midnight's son dude is, you know, already weakened, he one hit KOs him. Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of an anticlimax. I wonder if he'll get Kami dead. Yeah. You ever watch Gurren Lagan? Yes, he will die halfway through the series, which is actually not uncommon in show. Yeah. Um, I was actually surprised to find out recently Black Clover has apparently been developing a reputation as the worst series ever. Really? Which it really isn't. Like where? In Japan? Uh, no, in the in West. The West. Because yeah. it, it recently won kind of like uh, the anime equivalent of a raspberry for being like bad. Wow. Um, at, at some kind of convention recently, like a professional critic, um, like lambasted it for like two hours. It's like, come on, dude. There's far, far worse There's this series out right there. Nisekoi. <laughs> yeah, it's oh. It, Maybe it's because Nisekoi it, is too easy to target. Quite possibly. It's there's just so many series out there that are worse. So there's Monster Masume, which is. Black. Animal porn, from what I've seen, it's ugh. Black Clover's um, biggest problem is that it, it, it like, it, it just uses too many tropes in in one. It like it combines like One Piece, uh, Bleach, and uh, Naruto in one. Because yes, it's it's playing its stake. Yeah, it's got the books which are just like the Bankai's. It's got the, it's got the I want to be king of the X. It, it's you know it's 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 cliche is all get out but it is presented well yes i actually this might entertain you i picked up the first trade paperback simply because my local comic book shop has a a thing where it's like if you buy two viz media volumes you get third free okay. uh, there wasn't anything else i really wanted when i picked up the latest volumes of one punch man and hero academia right. so i said i'll just get the first volume of black clover Read through it, it reads so much better in like trade format. Interesting. It, it really does. It's definitely one of those ones that improves when you read a great chunk of it in one go. Also amusing, the final chapter was a crossover with Kagami Gami. What's Kagami Gami? <laughs> that that was um, the Shikigami series, Twilight Days. The one that was started around about the same time as Black Clover, but got axed. I don't remember it. It was like the detective agency with the kid oh, who could like summon the de- the, the 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 demons, yes. the armies. Yes. Okay. It was a crossover with that, and I found out that um, the the Kagami Gami guy, uh, the author, was is um, Yuki Tabata, the creator of Black Clover. He was an apprentice to the to, to the previous okay. creator, so he like he'd like um, do the backgrounds and stuff like that. I find it really tragic that Kagami Gami guy can't get a series to stick. Yeah. But his assistant gets it on the second try. That's um that's kind of tragic. Yeah. 
I know Siren was around for a while, but it, it still got cancelled after like two years. Uh, Bleach. Um, you uh, actually is dead. Uh, y- y- yeah, the, again, the second time. It's kind of, yeah, it's it's kind of it, bullshit, really. <laughs> okay, so Ryukun and Uryu introduce this concept that when Quincy's die, their hearts condense into an arrow, and this arrow is like super compressed reishi, which can kill other Quincy's. Including the god of all eternity, apparently. Okay, so that's what happened. That's yeah. So, that's how confusing it is because you didn't pick up so on it. So that arrow it's, came it, from the other guy that uh, no, was killed. No, it came. It came from Uryu's mother. It was like a little flashback a while ago where it was revealed Uryu's mother's uh, mother died. Okay, and. His father then took, the, obviously, her heart, which condensed into this arrow, and then Uryu used that arrow to kill Uach. Okay. That is fucking bullshit, because that had never been introduced before now. <laughs> I'm just sat there reading it like, oh my god, 15 years of my life wasted. I thought that, that switcheroo was a really good moment, but then it, became, oh, yeah. then it was a non-moment, and then it was a moment a again. Moment again. <laughs> Yeah, it's kind of interesting seeing Aizen working with the good guys now because he was like the big bad before you. Okay, and the fact he he was the guy in the chair, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. It's um, Aizen is a fucking terrible villain, (laughs) the only villain worse than Huach I can think of. Um, so that made that whole scene vaguely ironic to me because I was just sat there thinking, please kill each other. (laughs) Uh, it's oh. I mean, I've read chapter 686, which was the one that came out today, and it's the last one we'll have until August the 22nd, I think, uh, which will be the final one. Um, I'm just thinking in two chapters, you know, ugh, it's, I'm not going to spoil anything for you, but chapter 656, which is the one that came out, 686 even, which is the one that came out today, um, is a ten years later scenario for what? For Bleach? For Bleach? Oh, so the cliffhanger from the last chapter from last week six eight four does not get addressed. It just skips ten years. That is fucking bullshit. I'm sorry, I'm sorry dude. I'm sorry. Let's let's wait until Kubo does another series because Bleach is dead. <laughs> Also, Blue Exorcist, which yes. I make sure we actually got a chapter of this month because it had been a whole month since I read it. Um, mm. I, I, I even wonder if we talked about it last episode. No, I don't think we did because I remember Blue Exorcist was off last month, so I don't think we talked about it. Okay. This month was kind of interesting, I yeah. found, actually. There was definitely some stuff of interest going on. Um just in relation to the whole Illuminati, because it's reintroduced um, some, like, characters that were introduced in, like, Chapter 2. And now they've all... It's all kind of tying back in. It's it's kind of... I don't want to say weird in a way, but it's starting to feel ever so slightly convoluted, especially to someone like me, yeah. who's not read the entire series. 
I feel Blue Exorcist, I really need to sit down and just catch up on because it, it's got some really interesting core conceits. Um, but I'm, I feel like I'm missing out on a lot of it. Yeah, this this particular chapter was mostly about that one double agent uh, mm. basically capturing the, the, the demon they had been fighting for the last couple of episodes. And... Uh, I guess if, hand, hand him over to the Illuminati right. rather than um, uh, the good guys. Yeah, they appear to be massing up, like like stealing their power of like all these demons they have in like stasis, and giving it to like Lucifer. Yeah. So yeah, it's I don't know. We'll see where this goes. It feels like it's building up to another big storyline. I kind of wonder whether it's going towards all-out war, um, which would be interesting, especially considering it definitely seems to be a almost like a oh, sorry, excuse me, a one-on-one series rather than you know a big-scale war comic. Right. We'll, we'll see. We'll see. I wonder where it goes, but it's um. Uh, sadly, my lack of knowledge of the series is hindering me at the minute because it's definitely calling on a lot of stuff I've missed out on. Uh, Seraph of the End. I'm still digging it, but not as much as I used to. It's, uh, it's, yeah. it's just too much of a slow burn right now. Yeah, it, there seems to be this drama going on at the minute between um, Gurren and the rest of the humans. He's, he's trying to work out whether he's on the side of you or whether he's on the side of the Seraph of the End project. Right. And um, the Seraph of the End project obviously doesn't look completely humane. It's made us question the fact that um, the humans are no longer reliable. They are no longer, you know, the quote-unquote good guys. And it's the fact that um, our crew are now um, kicking around with two vampires, well, three vampires, including Mika, it's kind of wondering whether humanity is going to turn towards the vampires as, as the salvation. Yeah, something along those Who lines. Knows? We'll see. It, this most recent chapter was once again a slow burner, but I do hope this one that comes out in the next issue is, um, you know, builds on a little further and perhaps takes us back into the action territory. Uh, well, Nisekoi. <laughs> it's over! It's over! <laughs> I don't have any party poppers. Um, <laughs> hallelujah. It's, ah. Oh. Well, I glanced through the final chapter. It has a pretty colour page and that is it. Mm. It's, mm, it ends. It, it, it's kind of like a, a um, I'm really fucking confused as to the time frame of this because it's it's apparently set six months later. Oh, only six months? Yeah. But I expected um, a bigger time jump than that. I thought it was a bigger time jump as well, but the last couple of pages insinuate it's six months. Um the teacher figure now apparently has two kids. One looks at least two years old, so there's some really fucking dodgy like time skip physics going on here. Um it's Fuck it, it's done. Yeah. <laughs> Moving we on. We did not like on. it. Is the takeaway from this this podcast? There were only two good chapters in Nisekoi, and they were both crossovers with my my love story. Oh, I want to dig those stories out again and reread them. Actually, uh, World Trigger still still ticking along. We're still we're still in um our, um tournament tournament, tournament land. So. Whenever this finally concludes and they inevitably get off to go to the neighbor, the neighbor's dimension or whatever, 
it'll start getting interesting again. Yeah, uh, I do kind of like how we've um, got Hiyuze as a member now, and he's got this whole induction ceremony going on um, congruently um, with the, the current fight that's going on. Um, it, that that should be interesting, considering they've now got two neighbours on the team. Right. Uh, that will just make them even more ostracised. Um, I kind of like the the, the 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 rivals they've got going on in this storyline. This Ikoma guy who looks like you know, kind of terrifying, but he's he's a complete meathead. All he talks about is ramen. His food. He's a he's a he seems to be a complete idiot, but I get the feeling he's going to be, you know, a genuinely competent fighter, which will be interesting to see where that goes from. It, no, there's some interesting side characters going on here, but I, you know, as ever, I do kind of wish you know, you know, Hero Academia could go through these storylines in about five chapters. Why is World Trigger taking so long? I know. Right? Or perhaps it's it, perhaps it's unfair for me to compare. Yeah, I just I think it all comes down to what the writer is going for, and you know, with all the um, with all the medical issues the creators on World Triggers have been having, you. You'd think he'd want to take a page out of, of uh, My Hero to kind of like... Speed it along. Yeah, that. expedite things so that if anything actually goes wrong, it doesn't wind up in a Hunter x Hunter situation. Oh, damn. Not, not yeah. that that World Trigger will ever achieve those heights. Mm. Well, that is true. It will never have an anime by Madhouse. Mm-hmm. But we'll see where that goes. World Trigger is, you know, still mildly entertaining. What was next on the list? One Punch, uh, one punch yes. Man. Um, We've had a couple Gino of chapters. He's a badass. <laughs> yeah. What I kind of like is Genos is being used as almost like a, a mirror to what's going on in the tournament. Right. Like, the, it, it, it's all kind of like the commentators bigging up these these fighters in the tournaments. Like, oh, they're so bad and they're so awesome. And then what Genos is doing is exactly the same as them, but a million times more badass. It's. It, I don't know. I find that an, an amusing little parallel. It's the art is fantastic and it's conveying it all very well. I'm surprised we haven't seen um, any more of Tornado and her fight against uh, Blizzard even and her fight against um, Evil BDSM. Right. Lady. That, that um, did seem to get dropped for this 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 month's chapter. Yeah. It's also we haven't seen anything of. Um, oh. Oh, um, I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, fucking names. Hero, hero killer, hero hunter. Right. Um, um, going up against Watchdog Man. That's not been addressed at all. It just kind of feel like once again, One Punch Man is suffering due to its scheduling issues. Right. Um, which is perhaps unfair. Um, but um, yeah, we get a chapter when we get it. I do wish, you know, they would stockpile it for six months and then give us it uh, fortnightly. Even if it means not having it for six months, you know, at least get a consistent schedule for a while. But that's just my money. And it's, it's, it is seemingly going in a direction of, you know, just a good couple of fight sequences, which is nice. Uh, I really dig this kind of face dude who's... Going around grafting people's faces off and attaching them to his body. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, and then obviously Genos turns up and fries him. Um, but it's it's just a series of fight sequences at this point, and I'm really looking forward to seeing Saitama beat the crap out of um, 
old Ryu or whatever this guy is. <laughs> old street, old retired street fighter character. Should be fun. Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully it will be in the next issue. Uh, Food Wars. Ah, uh, still excellent. The way I mean, th- this arc is kind of predictable in that the 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 deck is sacked against the heroes and they keep pulling the victory out of their ass. I I think that's its predictability is probably his biggest weakness right now because it's not it's not mm. daring to challenge like any expectations. Not like it normally does. Not not like um not normally when it does the um the shokugaki or the the one on one there is there is a genuine um fifty fifty element going on like right. who's it going to go to? In this instance, it's like we've had all of the the, the renegade factor forced together. And of course, there are a bunch of like kid geniuses. They are going to think of some way around it. Um, like like the potato noodles was right. kind of like I didn't even know you can make noodles out of potatoes. I kind of want to try this now. <laughs> it's ah, oh, it, it's it is it, it's fun for what it is. But as you say, the most recent chapters are suffering from a degree of predictability. Yeah. My hero academia. Boobs. Oh, <laughs> I was traumatized when I got to the end of chapter 100. Well, for a start, congratulations on getting to chapter 100. Doing better than most series. Yeah. And then I've, I've, uh, Hero Academia doesn't do tropes like this. It doesn't, it, it never does the fan service kind of thing. So, is, can you think of an instance where Hero Academia has done fan service? Well, what's her name's costume? Um, the one that midnight. Yeah, the one that makes like things from her. From her. Oh, Momo. Yeah. Um, I want to say yes, but at the same time, I'm not sure. I'm not sure whether I want to give that one, you know, a free pass or not. I don't know. We'll we'll see where that one could go. I mean, there was the one incident in the anime where it's like it kind of got blown off, almost like her chest was exposed. It's kind of like, is it fan service? Yeah. Because there, there was kind of like the in-joke uh, between the reader because it's re- the earphone girl who was the only other person present present when that incident happened right. was confirmed in the data book to be a lesbian. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. So there was kind of like the in-joke where Momo was like, oh, there's no guys around. It's fine. Nobody's going to be oogling me. And then earphone girls just in the background, like frothing at the mouth. <laughs> I, I did think that was kind of like a, like a wink, a nudge, nudge, wink, wink joke. Yeah. Um, but it just doesn't do fan service. So this one moment where um, Hatsume comes back, the technician girl, one of the best characters in the series, um, it's, it's just kind of like, boobs? Why? And the thing is, it wasn't even that like raunchy. It was just, you know, he, he doesn't seem to draw characters, like female characters in a way where he can sell them as sex items. Every every female character seems to have fairly appropriate, yeah. you know, ratio correct, you know, body bodies. It, it, it's all fairly positive. So it, it just seems weird when he does it. And then chapter 101 happened. It almost feels like it lampshades it a little bit. Yeah. You know, Hatsumi has this thing, apparently, where she's got no concept of um, personal space. Right. She's apparently this kind of genius with technology. Um, but, um, genius might be overstating it. She can build anything, but what she builds seems pretty useless. 
arm, propel, arm propulsion units for Ida. <laughs> it doesn't work. Oh, that is cool. Oh, just the bit where she gives um, Midoriya this really shitty looking mecha suit <laughs> and then nearly snaps his back. Uh, I, I find it hilarious because there was that same bit in Iron Man 2. Right. It's kind of like I'd like to. I'd like to point out that that test pilot survived. Um, <laughs> glorious, loved it. Um, but it, 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 Hero Academia is doing a good thing at the minute, where we had a good solid like six months of action through like all of the 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 summer camp. Right. Then they just went straight along into the Bakugo rescue, and then it was all for one versus all might. So it was like six months of action. Yeah. So let's let's and take two months to look at all these kids' rooms. <laughs> I like the fact that they called themselves out on that. We're not going to do this again, are we? <laughs> We're not. Yeah, that was a little dialogue box, at like the chapter like ninety-eight or something like that. I was just saying, are we seriously going to spend another chapter on this? Yes. It was funny. Some of it was funny, though. Yeah. Of course, the, the the one kid whose power is whose super strength is generated by sugar would be an expert patisserie baker. Of course. Ah, oh. I got this this cute little segment as well where it's like Frog Girl was like having some kind of guilt issue. Yeah, you know what? I think that might be um um a hint at something else. Oh, go on. She's I'm gonna be the traitor. Oh, fuck's sake. my prediction. She, it's she, not from she, girl. She didn't want them to go off because it would mess up her boss's plans. Oh. And now she's getting, like, this kind of guilt complex because they actually went and did it. Oh. oh. That would actually be really interesting because I had not suspected Frog Girl of being the spy. I always thought it was either going to be the pervy kid or um, Invisible Girl because she's just kind of there. Right. I don't know. That's just, or ta- or just Tail my Man dumb because his, yeah, my other one was always like 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 Tail Man because he is constantly the joke of kind of like oh, he's so plain, he's so basic. He's judo. Yeah, it's it's kind of like is he the spy? I don't know. It's we'll see where this goes. Um, I do like the concept of Midoriya getting a costume. He, the fact that Midoriya has now like put it together and gone, if I can only use my arms like a little bit, I'm going to have to learn to use my legs. So now he's getting a completely different fighting style going on, right. and he's no longer like just mimicking All Might. That's kind of cool. Yes, definitely. That, that reveal at the end of the most recent chapter was definitely worth it. Absolutely. And also because he's got the um the like the, the arm like pads now, he's he's got a little bit of like plot protection from like if he does use his arms, it's kinda of like now yeah, we can brush it under the carpet a little bit if it does happen. But here Academia is just, you know, chugging along being fantastic right now. We'll see where it goes with this whole kind of like developing special moves. Because of course you've got to have special moves for uh the tie-in material. For the video games or what have you. Well, that, that just about wraps up the lightning round for Shonen Jump. Oof, yes. Yes, that was actually not too long, I don't think. But um, moving on to the 2000 AD1 really quickly, uh, we have Black Shock, which I don't think we talked about in depth at any point, but simply because I'm not sure what I make of it. 
it's I don't know I the I think I get what's going on but I've just I just don't really care enough about it to follow it too closely. Yeah, it's just it just seems like very plain, I guess, which is weird. Weird for a for a story about medieval werewolves. Yeah, it, it's really un, un, you know, unfortunate because I really love the idea. I really love the premise. Steve U. Orwell is a fantastic artist. Sure I know. I know Emma Beebe can be a fantastic writer, um, but. Or was it Liam Moore? Just let me double check. I no, always I get think, the two mixed I, up. I with... think it's Moore. I always get the two mixed up, which is horrible. I shouldn't do that. Uh, it is Liam Moore. Oh, Liam Moore. Okay, that's fine then. Um, but I know she can be a fantastic writer, but for whatever reason, this just is not clicking with me. Perhaps it's the really boring, blandly texted text boxes which populate every chapter. Or maybe it's the fact that I'm just not finding any of the characters investable. Or maybe it's because of the the um, everybody is a beard bearded man with long hair. There's all a bit of a same face going same on. Same face, yes. That's really unfortunate um, because this is almost like the antithesis of Zenith. Uh, you look at Zenith, and Steve Yorwell's art was perfect for that. He could draw everyone distinct and angular, but everybody was recognizable. In this one, I don't think he's playing to his strengths. You know, if you if you catch what I mean with I, that, yeah, I get you. It it's it. He does sword and sorcery fine. He did it for like a decade on Red Seas. Fantastic. To be thing. fair, Red Seas did suffer from same face. Later on, I think it did. That that the, I mean, the first three storylines were collected in the trade paperback, which is the only bloody trade paperback Red Seas ever got. Right. And it sold so badly. I got it for like a penny online. It was. It's nothing. Um, tragically, it you know, I don't I don't think Black Shuck is as great as it can be. It's probably going to get one final storyline to round out a trade paperback, yeah. and I hope that's the one that saves it for me. And if I see it going cheap, I'll probably buy it in trade format just to see if it works better as a book. It, it, I don't know, we'll see. But I want them to fix the bloody Comic Sans they use in those text boxes. It is hideous. It's almost impossible to read those text boxes, especially considering it's like a whole prose in itself. Wait, where, where are you talking about? Just, um, okay, look at prog. We'll just basically pick any prog that's got black shuck in it, and there will be large pages of text for one thing or another. Yeah, okay, take prog... 1988, page 20. 20. There's like all the the text boxes on the top of the page are in... Oh, okay. Yeah, that is pretty pretty bad. But... It's just illegible. That's like the historical text. But for any of like the uh, narrative text, it's the same as the uh, word balloons. But yeah, that's not... It's not thick enough. It's hard to read. It's almost gray. Yes. Yeah, that's definitely what it is. It's, it, it all it all kind of blends together, and then it pops, and it's just... It's it's not wow. pleasant to read. I just, I'd, I'd I like, just realized Black Shuck is on Chapter 9. It doesn't feel like it's been in that long. Oh, what, uh, 1992? Yeah, the most recent issue is at Chapter 9 for Black Shuck. It, it, it feels like it's not been... It so feels so incidental, it doesn't feel like it's been running that long. Yeah, 
and it ends in this one as well. So oh, it does. Oh yeah, it ends at like part nine, and it gets replaced with. No, it says next Prague Battle of for Dunwich. Nineteen ninety two. That is yeah. No, oh, I'm in nineteen ninety one. Oh okay, nineteen ninety two is the final. Oh okay. So it's it's gone for a while. So yeah, it's a ten passer apparently. That's uh, I don't know. I want to like it more than I do, which is a shame. It doesn't feel like the sum of its parts, which is you know the best way I can describe yeah. it. Yeah. Hopefully, I'll read better in trade. Interestingly, recently we've had the return of Outlaw, which I did not expect to see again this year. This is one of those really weird ones that just kind of... It's like Absalom. Absalom doesn't get, like, signposted at all. It just turns up. Yep. And, like, and I will say, starting off, this this one it seems a lot better. Oh, definitely. It definitely feels like things are moving forward. It, there's uh, there's actual conflict, war brewing between the humans and the herd. These origami robots <laughs> are... Oh, they're amazing. <laughs> But they're, they're st- am I correct in reading their stolen herd yes, text? Yes, it's, it's stolen just... herd text. So inevitably they'll be put out of commission or taken over to the other side or blow up in their face in some fashion. Yeah. Well, it, this isn't going to end well for the humans from the outset. This is very much an aliens slash starship trooper scenario yeah. where you know there's going to be a body count by the end of it. It's Yeah. It's only, well, one part for you in... Uh, two parts in for me so there's not a heck of a lot to go on other than following on from last year's run it does look like to be an improvement from the first run which is I'm really interested in going back and reading actually I think I think Outlier would read like a fantastic dark almost like black star sci-fi yeah. in an all-in-one format I think it I think it'd really benefit from the graphic novel treatment Brink uh, is really good, and it, it keeps like subverting my expectations. Um, I'm, of course, only up to the chapter in 191, and it just it surprised me of how badly things go from from that oh, from yeah. that meeting. Um, when shit hits the fan, it hits it hard. Yeah. So I'm really looking forward to see how it ends, because it can't have too many but, chapters. It doesn't end in 1992, does it? Um, can I spoil? Well, it does. It it does end in ninety two, but I won't. I won't say how. Okay. Because it's it's a it's a pretty big holy shit. Okay. It, 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 well, I say it's a pretty big holy shit. It's a subtle holy shit, but it it has you wanting it to come back. Is, is there a demon in the center of the sun? Implied. Ah, that's what I was hoping for the whole time. Is that that yeah. was actually the real thing? Yeah, it's implied. I'll, I'll wait till you read it, but yeah. the the dialogue in the last couple of pages is it's 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 excellent for like subverting that kind of like. Wait, hang on. The drugged up guys were right all along. Yeah, it's it's perfect, perfect for that. I love Brink. I made the analogy early on that it's old rope tied into a new knot. Yeah, and I think that I think that's very much held up. It's still like a cops in a, a buddy cop in the space scenario, or more like a lone cop now. It's it's less like Tango and Cash, more like Dirty Harry at this point. Right. I like but, it. I like it. I hope that if it it does end, I hope it comes back soon. I hope it comes back soon as well. Probably next year. It, I can picture this being a regular one. Only problem is it might be every other year if Coolbard is doing Brass Sun. Ah, of course. Which I'm not sure which I like more. Fair enough. 
But Black Sun, Black Sun should be ending with the, the next one. Black Shuck did end in the next one. No, not one. Black Shuck. Black, uh, Brass Sun. Oh, oh, Brink. Brass Sun should end it. it Brass it's, Sun, it's next, I see. Its next book should be its last. I think. Hmm. We'll see. I, I I think it might well be as well. It's definitely enough to fill that fill out another hardback. Um, it'll probably it'll probably dovetail into some of Edge and some World Strip. And finally, transcending over to the magazine for a bit is a story we don't talk about enough because it's fucking awesome. It's Lawless by Dan Abbott. Still excellent. Still the best. Yeah. Can we just talk about how good Phil Winslade is at first? <laughs> he is the best frigging Dreadworld artist out there right yeah, now. Yeah, especially this particular chapter has just been excellent. This, this mm. the story arc has been excellent too. It has been. Just you know, going through that phase of like Pfeiffer being the um, the, the 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 chief for a while, yep. um, a- and now obviously Marshall. acting Marshal. Thank you, and it's. Oh, it's just so well handled, and it obviously helps that Lawson herself is a really likable kind of um, protagonist. Yep. And I kind of like we finally uh, got background on who she actually is. Yeah, she's um, she was with the um, the rebel faction in Insurrection. She was an insurrectionist. I'm having trouble pinpointing which character she was, though. I need to go back and read all this. Must have been like. The, the main female character. I, Quite likely. But I need to go back and read it as well. Mm. Yeah. It, it's all it's all good right now. This most recent um, of Months and Men, which is a fantastic title, by the way. Um, part four. Is, is, it's just a good getting the gang together kind of story. Yep. Not a heck of a lot actually happens. It's just basically uh, Lawson, Pfeiffer, Kilimanjaro, who is like one of the best characters? And um, was it Ringo? What's his name? Something again? like that. Lo- lo- oh, Rondo, local Rondo. riffraff. Local riffraff. Yeah, it's cool that we've got this kind of like um, assault and precinct nine team going on now, and there's going to be all these uh, bounty hunters out to get. Yeah, um, I kind of like Lawson. I did kind of like how it subverted expectations by having the actual getting to the bad guy being a cakewalk. Because everyone walked out on him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we're not we're not bodyguarding you. We we wiped the system. We're going to leave you high and dry. You're going to take the fall for us. <laughs> yeah, really glad that there wasn't kind of like a reverse scenario where they had to send in like a SWAT team to get him out of there. Or well, it is actually a re- almost a reverse scenario because now they're in the building. Now they got to fight their way out of the building. It's Verade. <laughs> yeah, have you seen that movie? No, I haven't. But I saw, you I saw Dread, so I, I pretty much saw it, right? Well, yeah. Yes and no. I mean, that was another one of the movies I watched while I was just rocked up sick, and it was... It's good. It's, it's, it, 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 I know there was the whole debate as to which one was, you know... First. The better movie, or which was the more original, which came first. Um, but The Raid is a very different movie yeah. if you... You know, if you boil down to it, Die Hard is the same movie. Right. It, it, you Stuck know. in a building. Yeah, basically. I, I'd really recommend The Raid, and I, I, I get the feeling that this is where Lawless is going. It's going in that same general direction. Is, um, is, it, is, it, is it in English, or is it uh, original Japanese? Uh, uh, or, I think it's actually or a Chinese, Chinese movie. Hong Kong, yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. I you no, know, it's it. I think there is a dub, but I, I watch the sub. That, that's on Amazon Prime for like nothing. Okay. So, I, yeah, I'd really recommend that. And real quick, I wanted to say, Realm of the Damned still excellent. Yeah, it is. I, I really. A lot of people don't seem to like this um, Neferiti character. They, they, they don't the way she speaks get... doesn't doesn't jive with what they think she should sound like. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe a mummy that's like, what, over 2,000 years old would need to replace its voice box at some point? I don't, I don't know. know. It, this most recent part does appear to be like the show that she is like held together by just the bandages. Yeah, she's just like a, she's just a thing. She's just like a container in a in a in a body cast. Mm. Yeah, uh, I really love the whole sequence where um, oh Van Helsing is trapped in this mask and obviously he's been told oh this mask will make you like see your heart's doubts and stuff like that and then it turns out it's a phony right and he's kind of like oh 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 i'm sorry oh no it's really good stuff i'm really digging it what i'm surprised is is the collected edition is already out what i it was on the it was on the shelf of my local bookshop and i just saw it and i was like Hang on, you're not even finished being published what? yet. That's weird. It is kind of weird. I get the feeling it's probably been out for months and I've just not seen no, it. No, that's that's uh, bizarre. No, it's, it's kind of like, what if somebody bought it and then read it in the magazine and it was, you know, why would they pay to read it again when you, they, they have the whole thing for like £10? I, I kind of figure there's probably two more months in this, so that's really weird. I th- yeah, I think there's another one or two parts to it at least. It, it was a. It wasn't a thick book, though. So I don't maybe, know. Maybe we'll, this we'll is longer than we think, and that's only like part one. <laughs> we, you, you, you just didn't think to pop it open and look in the back. I, I resisted the temptation. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely a very alternative route to go, especially where can you consider what Paul Grist is doing with Demon Nick. Right. So Demon Nick is in the magazine then it'll have its own monthly series in Image, and then it's going to get a trade paperback. That so, makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Did the deck, of course it would be published under Did Image. that get solicited already? No, no, it's just, you know, what he said on his Twitter page. Okay. So I don't think it's been solicited, but it's, it's happening. If that's what he says, it's happening. But then again, this is the guy who keeps promising more money. Yeah, no, so. right. <laughs> Love your work, but come on. New issue of Mudman, please. I actually read the trade for that recently. Mudman? Mudman's good. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's good shit. Yeah. I don't like it as much as Jack's stuff, no, but, you know, there's not enough of it yet. So. Well, that's the problem, is that there's only seven issues. <laughs> yeah. All right, so is I it, think that's it for 2080 and Weekly Shonen Jump for the month of July 2016. Uh, I think we've mm-hmm. gotten through pretty much everything worth talking about. Yeah, indeed. Few things that we didn't cover, but uh, there's always next month for that. Yep. Um, next month, I expect we'll probably want to talk about uh, the ending of Brink, the ending of Bleach. Uh, the end- oh yeah, I want to. I want to talk about the end of the Bleach. I know I said in the last one I'd do a retrospect for this issue, yeah. uh, this episode even, but it's um, you know if it's if, if it ends on the August the twenty second, I'll do a retrospective for the next issue uh, episode even. Yeah. Blech. It's. it's Bleach will hold a special place in my heart, being the first comic I ever read. Really? Oh, it was definitely the first. I read it when I was like seven years oh, old. Oh wow! So okay, yeah. 
it's yeah <laughs> and to watch it develop over the years to the position where it is now where I'm bashing it you know I, I, I do need to do like a, a, a non-biased retrospect which I, I shall do in the next episode we'll not do a retrospect for Nisekoi because that's dead so yeah. I also I'll also probably want to talk about Outlier, but yeah, you know, we'll get to that when we get. There'll there. be more to talk about Outlier next month. Definitely. Other than that, I think that wraps us up. So thanks for listening. Yeah. As always, you can contact us at weeklycomicsmonthly at gmail dot com. Uh, give us you know your questions, any suggestions, criticisms, you know whatever. Um, you of course can find us at wcm net. Or you can follow us on Twitter at WCM underscore podcast. Uh, that is a new Twitter page. I desperately need to get around to updating that with the most recent episodes. So um, hopefully that will become a regular thing now. Yep. And um, and uh, you can, of course, follow us on iTunes. Uh, you can subscribe to us on with your uh, on your Apple devices through the, uh, the, the podcast uh, app, which I use uh, for all of my podcasts. Mm-hmm. Um and uh of course thank you for listening. Thank you very much for listening. See you later. Have guys. a good one. <laughs>